0: So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. It's like they didn't even try to clean the cat litter. Oh, oh, Hello. Uh, welcome to the Mansion of Leaves of Glen. It's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just recording in my basement. Uh, this is where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. Uh, this week, now uh, we're going to read Halloween at Maryvale by Alice Hale Burnett. Because I'm continuing on with the eh, roughly Halloween themed stories. Because it's October, it's my favorite month, and this is the kind of shit I do on my podcast. Uh, about the author... Alice Hale Burnett was an American author of children's books. Oh, she's best known for writing books set in a small town called Maryvale. Her books were originally published by the New York Book Company early in the 20th century. No information whatsoever about her birth or death, which I'm always interested in. Uh, And I looked around. I didn't just go to Wikipedia. I looked around. Nothing. No one's talking about Alice Hale Burnett. She made children at the turn of the last century happy as hell. And nobody gives a shit. So, poor Alice did all that work. And we only just know of her work and nothing of her personal life. Fun facts? Nothing. She wrote a lot of kids books at the turn of the last century. We don't know when she died or when she's born. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That leaves a ton of room for me to sit here until the goddamn clock goes off to let me know when to shut the hell up. Uh, what did I do this weekend? Well, I went to the beautiful Garden State of New Jersey. Uh, Why'd I go there? None of your goddamn business. Uh, What did I do when I was there? I hung out with the people from Ladies Fright and stuff and, uh, and just spent a lot of time with cats. Old cats that don't have teeth. And one, one with the face of Leonard Nimoy. There's a cat that had the face of Leonard Nimoy. And it's also got uh, cat AIDS. And so it kept sneezing giant globs of boogers all over the place. And I thought, oh, that's gross. And I was like, I guess I got to clean it up. But then all of a sudden it started licking it up off the bathroom floor, off its own self. Just this poor little man crippling around the house, shooting huge guns. Goobers everywhere, and, uh, and then licking it because he's so ashamed of his body. And I kept telling him, it's okay, let me clean it up for you. But now he's like, no, no, let me do this. I want to take care of this. I'm just so sorry you have to see this. Poor little cat. Uh, and another cat that keeps licking its belly uh, so clean that it's got no hair on it. Uh, but that's pretty much it. I spent my time doing that uh, and having a good time. I had a good time. I got free stickers, which I forgot to bring back with me. <laughs> Ladies Friday has a promotion going on where they, they said, Glenn, you need stickers. Uh, we're going to mention you, and you got to have stickers to put in this grab bag for Halloween goods. And I said, no one listens to my show. I'm not going to make, what am I going to do? I'm going to have like a mountain of stickers in my basement, boxes of boxes for no reason. No one wants them. And then the, uh, the Maggie goes, Fine. I'll just freaking order them up for you, you giant baby. And I said, stop calling me a piss baby. And so then she uh, ordered them up and just got a small little handful. Oh, you can put it in your pocket, just a small little amount. And then she goes, there, now I've got some stickers for people that need them, and you've got these, take them. And I said, oh, okay, fine, I can fit this in my bag for the flight home, fine. And so I take them. Man, I left him at the house, so I never took him back with me. (laughs) It's almost like I'm indignant. I refuse to have stickers of my own podcast in my home. I didn't try to do that, but it just happened. Uh, and that's pretty much it. My daughter, my oldest daughter, was nice enough to feed the old cat his drugs every morning and night and uh, and come back and take care of him. So that was cute. Uh, and I could I could see it on the little home cameras, the little security camera things from Google Nest. And I'd say, oh, now there's my daughter again. I'll look at her. And she'd wave at the camera and that kind of thing. And it's just adorable. And uh, then all of a sudden, the, the one camera by the garage stopped working. I'm like, well, that's dumb. And so I told my daughter can you go jiggle it or something get it back on the internet again it's not working so she didn't do anything about that Uh, she also didn't clean the cat litter that's disgusting but uh, in the end uh, i found out animals chewed through the electrical cord uh and that's why the camera stopped working so when i leave the house the animals the animals try to occupy it and take ownership of it well that's the grandfather clock good things i have nothing else to talk about Uh, so let's move on to our story Halloween at Maryvale Chapter 1 Getting ready for the party Oh, it's what's Halloween mean, Father, asked Thomas Brown As the family was seated at breakfast one morning late in October what kind of kid asked that? Like, what is the kid, like, three or something? You don't know how the world works yet? It means the evening before All Saints Day, answered Father Brown Hey, do, do you remember what fun we had last year, Chuck? We marked Toad Toad? For Thomas was called Toad by his friends. Well, that explains that. Charlie was known as Chuck. That makes more sense than Toad. I should say so, he answered. The Browns had always lived in the town of Maryville in a, in a large white house set far back from the street, uh, nah, not far away from the home of Toad's best friend, Reddy. Uh, what's his real name supposed to be? And his brother, Frank, nicknamed Fat. <laughs> "'Oh, the people in 1901 were horrible. "'We had great fun when I was a boy,' resumed Father Brown, "'for my birthday anniversary falls on Halloween, "'and your grandmother would always have me invite the boys "'in the neighborhood to a party on that night. Now oh, I wish mine weren't two days later, "'or I'd have a party too,' sighed Toad. "'Ah, there's no reason, Thomas,' said his mother with a smile. "'Why, you can't celebrate your birthday on Halloween "'if you'd like to, nah. Oh, mother, that's fine, cried Toad, jumping up from the table and running around to his mother's place to, to give her a hearty hug. Uh, ah, yeah, You always make things right, he added. Well, we'd better ask all the fellows in our school today, uh, suggested Chuck, uh, for Saturday is Halloween. Toad, Lost no time when he reached school that morning, giving his invitations to the party for all the boys. He was glad to accept that they always had a fine time at Toad's house. Uh, When Saturday morning arrived, Mother Brown sent Toad off to the barn to get some large red apples. Be sure they have strong stems, she warned, or I shall not be able to use them. The apples had been packed in barrels with plenty of straw to keep them from freezing. And when Toad reached the barn, oh, he pulled out one after another till he thought he had plenty. And just as he, he wasn't checking those stems, was he? Stupid Toad, that's the reason why nobody likes you and you're called Toad. Just as he was wondering how many trips uh, he would have to make to get all the apples to the house, a face peeped around the doorway. I, uh, uh, hello, Reddy, laughed Toad. Come on in and help me with these apples. Got to carry them up to the house, he explained, uh, uh, for, the, for the party tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, couldn't just eat one now, asked Reddy, picking up from the floor a shining red apple. Hey, not that one, cried Toad. Uh, Take one without a stem. Huh? <laughs> protested Reddy. <laughs> what difference does that make? I wasn't going to eat the stem. Oh, Toad laughed mother wants strong stems on them and I don't know why he explained what's a Halloween party like inquired Reddy Reddy's never been to a Halloween party oh these people seating himself on the top of the potato barrel I did listen to a podcast uh uh American Hysteria that talked about kind of the history of Halloween I listened to it while I was cleaning kitchens and other things uh while in the garden state of New Jersey and uh they talked about how basically kind of no one really cared or did much with Halloween up until like the 1950s or sixties, which is kind of weird. Like it's not the way it was now. So when they wrote this back in 1901, uh, this woman, this heathen woman was trying to instruct the nation through her children's books about the pagan holiday of Sam Wien. Uh, what's the party like? Uh, ''Fat says,'' he continued, ''that there's always ghosts.'' ''Ah, uh, who's afraid of baby things like ghosts?'' jeered Toad. ''Well, I'm not either,'' protested Freddie. ''and I, uh, I knew he was only trying to scare me.'' And after the boys had carried the apples up to the house, Mother Brown looked them over and exclaimed, ''Ah, oh, they're just what I want, just fine strong stems.'' Chapter 2 ''Ah, the fun begins.'' At about half past seven o'clock, uh, the night the boys who had been invited to the party began to arrive at Brown's house, uh, where they were to met at the door by a figure in white. It had a it had queer uh, rabbit ears, uh, made from tying up the corners of a pill slip that had been placed over his head, and the eyes uh, were holes cut in the slip. The large hall was lighted by many candles and set in hollowed-out pumpkins, they have to explain that concept this must have been a very long time ago to think that there was a time when people didn't understand hollowed out pumpkins with a candle in it which had queer grinning faces cutting them yeah they're explaining the concept of jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> wow but this is spooky giggled fat at which the other boys laughed everyone's always laughing at fat now the figure in white, which was really Toad, asked the boys to follow him as he led them to Father Brown's study. And here, uh, where they were met by Chuck, also in white, they just looked like Klansmen. It's just a bunch of Klansmen in a house full of candles. Good evening, Mister Ghost," greeted Reddy, bowing low. "Oh, how do?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, not the ghost and Chuck would could scarcely keep from laughing as he added in a deep voice, "Yeah, but these slips, and hurry up." Uh, Pointed to a pile of them on the floor. Really? Halloween slippers everyone's forced to wear? Oh, I know who you are, laughed Fat. Uh, but I won't tell. And he hastened to scramble into a pillow slip, which he twisted around his head till he got the slits just right in the front. Yeah, this is just clan outfits. I mean, they made cute little ears, but I'm sure the clan does fun little things on holidays. My ears were longer than yours are, boasted Herbie. Who the hell's Herbie? as he danced about. Hell. You know, the reason why we don't know about him is because he's the idiot that keeps dancing all the time in front of people, and that's the reason why I don't invite him to parties very often. All the better to hear you, my dear, laughed Lynn Smith. Ugh. Her lame jokes, that's why she's never usually invited to these things either. As we are all ready, Chuck led the queer-looking party of long-eared figures into the library, where they were met by Father and Mother Brown, dressed in black gowns with tall witches' caps on their heads. There was a large black pot hanging in the fireplace, and Mother Brown began to to stir something in it with a long iron spoon. Fat walked directly over to the fireplace and peeped into the pot. If ghosts had noses, he sniffed, I'd say that smelled awfully good. God damn it. (laughs) Father Brown now went about pinning a number on each boy's back. What's that for? asked Hopi. Hopi? "'Well, y'all look so much alike,' laughed Mr. Brown, "'that I can't tell you apart. "'And, uh, after a pause, there's going to be a prize for this game.' Well, "'That's great,' shouted Herbie. "'Hope I get it.' "'Chuck now left the room, returning a moment later, "'with a huge pumpkin, which he placed on a chair in the corner. Uh, who's, "'Who's number one?' he asked, "'at the same time lifting high into the air the stem of a pumpkin, uh, "'which had been cut off close to its base.' Keep perfectly still, whispered Chuck as Hopi came toward them. I am, announced Hopi Smith from his place before the fire where he had been helping Mother Brown stir the contents of the great black pot. Well, hurry and come over here if you're first, yeah, cried Toad, and I'll turn your slip around so you can't see. Here's the stem, said Chuck, placing it in Hopi's outstretched hand. Father Brown now took Hopi by the shoulders. Ooh, this is getting weird. And slowly turned him around again and again. Yes, yeah, it's getting weird. "'I believe you've had enough turns to wonder where you are,' he said, adding, "'and now see if you can place the stem on the pumpkin.' "'Oh, Hopey started off, both hands held out before him. "'Ah, you mustn't feel anything with your hands,' called Herbie. "'It isn't fair.' "'All right,' was the answer as he walked straight for the corner "'where Fat was sitting, watching the fun. "'Keep perfectly still,' whispered uh, Chuck in Fat's ear, as Hopey drew near. and "'Then, as he paused before Fat... And placed the stem upon the head of the boys, broke into shouts of laughter. Oh you pumpkin head <laughs> gasped Reddy. Hope Hopey pulled off his pillow slip and stared in wonder about him. Then he too laughed. I was sure I had it in the pumpkin, he exclaimed. I better be careful, fat, warned Toad. If Mother takes you for a pumpkin, I shall put you in a pie. (laughs) And number two and three and four had much better luck for Herbie stuck the stem in the center of the table. uh, Chuck on a book stand and Reddy tried very hard to put it on the pot, but uh, Mother Brown held out her hand just in time to save it from falling in. This sounds like a dangerous game. Like, they accidentally put it on Father's shotgun or something. Lynn turned and came next. "'Watch me,' he said. "'I'm gonna do it.' "'Bet you don't.' Challenged. ready.' Then Father Brown gave him a few quick turns, and away he started. And after taking two or three steps towards, uh, he paused. Stretching out his hands, he walked slowly toward the fireplace." When he had reached it, he turned about and faced the room. Now, I know where I am, he thought. I will walk over to the corner by the door. Look, whispered Chuck to Herbie. He knows where he's going, all right. Each boy held his breath as Lynn drew closer and closer to the chair which held the pumpkin. Then, as his knees uh, struck against the edge of it, he stopped and placed a stem on the top of the pumpkin. "Uh, uh, good for you, Lynn, cried Toad. I didn't think you, uh, I didn't think you could do it. Oh, it was easy, boasted Lynn. The heat of the fire told me where the fireplace was, and then I turned and faced the other way, and I knew I only had uh, to walk to the left to reach this corner. Ah, uh, you got yourself a little, uh, a, little, uh, a little sleuth in the group. Right, here's the prize, announced Chuck, stepping up to Lynn and handing him a box. Hurry up and open it, cried Hopi, we want to see what's in it. And as the lid came off the box, it's 1901 or whatever. It's going to be a lame gift. It's like, oh, you got a little piece of string. Oh, fun. You can trade it in for like a penny. The uh, lid exclaimed, a baseball, just what I've been wanting. See, he told you it's going to be a lame gift. And he tossed it up in the air. Sweet. You got a ball for a gift. Uh, that's as, uh, as lively as a cricket. <laughs> it's Herbie. And he caught the ball and bounced it on the floor. Yeah, baseballs don't bounce. Chapter three, swinging apples. Mother Brown now whispered something into Fat's ear. Uh, with a broad grin, Fat disappeared through the door leading into the kitchen. In another moment, he reappeared carrying two large, well-greased pans in his hands. At once, the boys all crowded about the fireplace trying to help. Uh, in less time than it takes to tell, the taffy that had been boiling in the large pot was poured into the pans and set away to cool. By Jiminy! I hope it tastes as good as it smells, observed Toad. No, I'm, I'm sure it will, replied Mother Brown with a smile. No, stand in line. Or Chuck, I'll I, I tie your hands behind your backs. Oh, this is, this is getting weird. Well, you're not going to spank us, are you? <laughs> Whale fat. <laughs> Making believe to cry. Oh, my God. I don't like this story at all. No, silly, laughed Chuck, adding. Everyone takes off his slip now. We need our whole faces to play this game. Toad. With the help of Father Brown, creepy, then placed a long pole, creepy, so that the ends rested on the top of the two bookcases. Okay, that's more understandable. In front of it uh, hung many bright red apples tied with strings. Now, said Chuck, the fellow who can take one good bite out of an apple without using anything to steady it with gets a prize, like another ball. Me first, cried Herbie. Oh, all right, was the reply. Go ahead, and Herbie started. "'Oh, at first it seemed very easy, but whenever he got ready to take the good bite out of the apple, "'oh, you know, he slipped away, and the boys all laughed as Herbie made one dive after another. "'Ah, we have a bite,' cried Reddy. "'I picked that one out for you.' "'Herbie then gave the apple a push and stood with his mouth wide open, awaiting the return swing.' But instead of getting a bite, the apple landed on its nose. <laughs> and the fat fairly rolled over with laughter. After a few more attempts, Herbie gave up his place to Lynn Smith. Oh, and the father Brown took Herbie's apple off the string and tossing it to him said, Here's the booby prize. <laughs> He took it off the string and tossed it to him to slip out of his hand and go sliding around the room. Lynn had no better luck than Herbie, although he tried his hardest. The apple always bobbed about his head. Oh, they're not greased up. They're just normal. Uh, Rolling away just as he thought he had it. You're next, called out Toad as fat. Step forward toward the apple's. A "'Good evening,' said Fat, bowing low. "'I have a very empty feeling. "'Would you like to step inside?' "I ah, hurry up,' shouted Reddy. "'I want to turn it some time tonight.' "'Ah, uh, so do I,' chimed in Hopi Smith. "'Fat grinned. "'Don't be in such a hurry. "'It never pays,' he retorted.' "'Again and again he tried, but did no better than the rest. Hopi Smith, who followed, had no success, and then came Rennie's turn. "'Bending down, he brought his face up under the lower end of the apple "'and opening his mouth very wide and bringing his teeth together with a, with a, with a quick snap. Uh, "'He succeeded in biting a piece out of the apple. "'Dandy!' shouted Toad. "'He gets the prize!' And, as he handed the winner a box, Reddy opened it and exclaimed, "'Oh, it's a knife! Oh, God, it's a knife! (laughs) That's great, and I needed one, too! (laughs) He just gave a child a knife! (laughs) Some weird ceremonial knife!' "'That's a beauty!' declared Herbie. "'Oh, you're lucky, Red!' Chapter 4. The Candy Pull "'Ah, don't you think the candy's cold by this time?' whispered Fat to Toad." "'Now let's find out,' suggested Toad, and the two boys walked over to the table where the pans had been placed to cool, all very gently placing his fingertips upon the candy. Fat exclaimed, "'Oh, it's just about right, Plenty cool enough to pull.'" "'Hey, come on, everyone,' shouted Toad. "'The candy's ready.'" "'I'll get some butter,' offered Chuck. "'That's gross. Don't put butter on candy.'" Running off to the kitchen, uh, saying as he went, "'Wait until it comes. It keeps the candy from sticking.'" "'When he returned, the boys all greased their fingers well with butter "'and set to work, pulling the taffy. "'Oh, let's see which one can make his the lightest,' suggested Lynn. "'I used to be pretty good at this work when I was young.' He laughed. "'How old is Lynn? "'Lynn's a grown man. I thought Lynn was a child. "'Why is there, like, a 47-year-old man hanging out with these children "'that's creepy as hell? "'Why does Mr. Brown allow it?' "'Well, Grandpa, I'll beat you this time,' boasted Toad. "'Gross. Won't somebody help me out of this?' wailed Herbie, uh, holding up before him two very sticky hands. "'He had been so anxious to commence pulling the taffy "'that he had not waited for the butter. "'Oh, you're a sad-looking sight, Fat. "Uh, "'Why didn't you wait to see how I did it?' he chuckled. (laughs) "Yeah, Uh, you better go and wash it all off,' suggested Father, "'and make a fresh start, for there's plenty of taffy.' "'Herbie took his advice.' "'Ready, uh, what was that teacher, uh, what was that?' "'The teacher said in school the other day about too much candy being bad for little boys,' "'inquired Chuck from the corner of his fireplace, at which Reddy laughed. "'Oh, come on,' (laughs) he said. "'Let's see who's got the taffy's got the lightest one.' "'Yes, everyone, hold out his piece,' proposed Lynn. "'Oh, yours is a bit of toad as he saw Lynn's cream-colored taffy. "'Oh, it looks like a lock of Mary Lee's hair,' observed Herbie, glancing at Lynn's piece. "'That's creepy.' Clearly, Herbie's got something with this Mary Lee woman. Uh, You're always talking about her. There we go. Teased fat. I am not, denied Herbie stoutly, his face turning red. Oh, look at the little dear blush, cried Toad in great glee, just dodging the sofa pillow aimed at his head by Herbie. Hopie, leaning back comfortably against the side of the fireplace, heaved a sigh of contentment. Got a tummy ache? asked Reddy. Nope. Just enjoying myself was the answer that he took another bite from his piece of taffy. And what do we do next? inquired Chuck, turning to Father Brown. I'm expecting a witch at nine o'clock to tell fortunes, was the reply. I hope she doesn't disappoint us. A witch shrieked Fat in a high, thin voice, making believe to be very much alarmed. I hope she doesn't change me into a snake. Oh, you better make a you make a better turtle. I guess i find a walking slow. Laughed Lynn. She'll turn Herbie into a sleeping prince. Well, that sounds nice. Mary Lee will be the princess who kisses him and wakes him up. That also sounds nice, says Chuck. That was a nice tender moment between two boys, uh, at which all the boys roared with laughter. As Herbie started off after Chuck, merry Chase followed, which the other boys enjoyed, and, and at times holding Chuck until Herbie was almost upon him, and then letting him go, only to catch Herbie and hold him in turn. Suddenly, in the midst of the uproar, there came a, a sharp rap on the door. One... M-2, M-3. Hush, whispered Chuck, it's the witch. Uh, Well, with that, we should probably move on with our lives and uh, go on up to the, the master bedroom where I can read to you the newest, upcoming, latest romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. Hold on, I'm coming. I've got crap knees because I'm like Oh, the hell are you wearing? That's not what people wear to a sexy, a sexy uh, uh, master bedroom party that we're supposed to have. You're just naked. Wearing a turkey hat. And your face is sticking on the belly of the turkey like a weirdo. That's probably the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Hold on, let me close this window. It's freezing in here. Just hold on. Gotta close it. Now, look at. Do you notice how warm it is in here? Have you noticed that suddenly my room went from freezing cold because the middle of October to a nice warm temperature while you're sitting there naked with that thing on your head? Does it got a little Santa hat on top of the turkey? God, that's weird. Uh, yeah, these windows are new. Uh, I just got to put in by Doorglass Incorporated. That's D O R G L A S S dot com. Oh, I told them, I called them up and said, I'm trying to make sex in my master bedroom during my podcast, and it's tough because it's getting colder and colder. now. We're in the middle of October, and uh, there's just a lot of blankets involved, with which restricts my acrobatics. And they said, well, we understand. We get this kind of complaint all the time. Why don't we come out there and take a look at what's going on? And we'll install new insulated windows for you to help you have a nice temperature-controlled room to make sex in. They're dedicated to fabricating and professionally installing the highest quality glass products from the nation's top manufacturer. All their inventory combined with their years of experience makes them the premier source for installation and repair. All oh, they approach every project with the same goals professionalism, integrity, and when it comes to installing new insulated windows in a sex room, they're discreet. What do they do? Oh, commercial storefronts. <laughs> Automatic entrances, bleh. Windows, ah, that's me. Patio doors, that eh, maybe. Mirrors, shower doors. Installation, repair, and design and build. That means if you randomly draw a bunch of crap on a napkin and say, "Here, build this," they go, "Hey, what the hell is that?" You just draw a picture of a horse on this napkin. Go on, build it, window man. And they'll, fine, they'll do it. And they'll make some sort of weird window-shaped or horse-shaped window conglomeration on the side of your house. And you you better like it, because if you paid them, uh, they're not going to come back and fix it. Their clients... Pottery Barn, Williams-Sonoma, Sherman Williams, uh, Portillo's, I don't know what the hell that is, Applebee's, and uh, my favorite, the Salt Cave, which is a place in Minneapolis that just sells Himalayan salt lamps. Why would you call it the Salt Cave? I guess it makes sense for what you sell, but it doesn't sound inviting. and No one really wants to go in there, because they're afraid something horrible is going to happen to them. With that, uh, come to the window, look out upon it, and hold this single donut. Hold it in your hands with the turkey thing on your head and try not to get a bunch of crumbs everywhere as you eat it as I read to you the newest upcoming romance novel, Donut (laughs) Fall in Love, (laughs) you get it, by Jackie Lau. Uh, you want to hear about Donut Fall in Love? Uh, a baker provides the sweetest escape for an actor in this charming romantic comedy. Actor Ryan Kwok is uh, back in Toronto after the promotional tour of his latest film. Oh, it's a rom-com that's getting less than stellar reviews. And after years of constant work at the sudden death of his mother, Ryan is taking some uh, much-needed time off. But as he tries to be supportive of his family, he struggles with his loss and doesn't know how to talk to his dad. Who, uh, who now trolls him on Twitter instead of meeting him for dim sum. <laughs> Which is insane. Why the heck? Like, uh, d- Dad, I don't feel good. Mom's dead. I feel sad. And he's like, you're a loser. Your movie sucks. <laughs> he's like, I'm only talking to you on Twitter. <laughs> Maybe me for dim sum. Nah, dork. Not until you get a good movie out. <laughs> Innovative baker Lindsay McLeod, uh, McLoad, eh, whatever, meets Ryan when he knocks over uh, two dozen specialty donuts at her bakery. Well, the relationship's off to a messy start, but there's no denying their immediate attraction. When Ryan signs up for a celebrity episode of Baking Fail, he asks Lindsay to teach him how to bake, and she agrees. As Lindsay and Ryan spend time together, bonding over grief and bubble tea, uh, it starts to feel like they're cooking up something sweeter than cupcakes in the kitchen. Well, uh, there's some praise. Anyone who loves baking and rom-coms will breeze through this flavorful read, USA Today. Somebody at USA Today actually came up with that. Anyone who loves baking and rom-coms will breeze through this flavorful read. I'm moving on. So that's uh, Donut Fall in Love by Jackie Lau. Uh, it's coming out in paperback October 26, 2021 at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Hudson Booksellers, Indie Powell's, Target, my favorite, Books A Million. I finally did look up their website. I'm not buying crap from them. Uh, they abbreviated Books A Million to just BAM! If you go to their website, it just says at the top, BAM! I'm like, well, you lost already. Bookshop.org, which will get Ben wet, and Walmart. Well, with that, uh, I don't know, why don't you put like a, a blanket around you or something? Uh, yes, yes, you can keep the donut. Uh, let's go back downstairs. I'm not horny anymore, even with my temperature-controlled room, thanks to doorglass.com. Uh, I'd, just, I'd just rather read the book and get you the hell out of my house. Well, uh, chapter five, The Witch Tells Fortunes. Uh, Come in, invited father and the boys standing in a group watching the knob of the door turn slowly. As it opened silently, they saw standing on the threshold, a little old woman all bent over with a black cape and hood covering her from head to foot. Oh, she carried a cane with a crook in it and leaned very heavily upon it as she walked. Muttering to herself, she crossed the room and took a seat by the fire. Her coarse gray hair fell in straggly locks about her face, almost hiding it from view. Suddenly the lights went out, leaving the room in darkness, save the firelight. It the pot before me, she ordered, in a high, broken voice, shaking her, her stick at fat. <laughs> yes, ma'am, said fat, hurrying to obey. She's got fat scared to death, giggled, toad, and Reddy. From under her cape, she now took a small paper bag and poured the contents of the pot before her, and then standing up, she hobbled she, uh, around it three times, waving her arms and, and humming a queer little tune. Soon, a dull red light glowed from within the pot, getting brighter and brighter. It's magic, whispered Toad to Hopi Smith. And the old witch now sat down again and took from beneath her cape a small pad, a long quill pen, and a queer little bottle filled with milky white fluid. Gross. If you drink any of that, you'll get as small as a flea, said Fat in a low voice. The old witch rapped hard on the floor with her cane. Herbie, come forward, she commanded. Go ahead, giggled Reddy, giving him a little push, and Herbie stepped before the witch. She did not notice him at first being very busy writing upon her slip of paper with the quill pen then she dipped through a little bottle Uh, presently she raised her head and handed him the paper bend low thine ear she said and Herbie obeyed keep this until I'm gone she added then hold it over yonder candlelight and thy fortune is written there oh yeah he won't Turn into a frog or whatever fat thought it was. You just get cancer because it's one of those invisible uh, ink pens. Each boy was now called in turn and received a slip of paper. The old witch rose. And to those who obey my commands, good luck. To those who disobey, ill fortune, she cried, shaking her stick in the air. And in another moment, she had quickly hobbled from the room. Well, that was quick. Chuck uh, now turned on the lights, and Lynn exclaimed, "'Where on earth does she ever come from?' "'Why, witches come from out of the air,' explained Toad. "'They, they travel on a, uh, uh, on a broomstick?' Well, "'Let's see what she wrote in the papers,' proposed Hopi Smith." Yes, agreed Reddy. Oh, she told me to hold it over the candlelight, in which Chuck came forward with the candle and placed it on the center of the table and holding the slip paper over the flame. all the boys eagerly gathered about to watch. Soon the paper got hot and letters began to appear. Look, there's an A Uh, A -A 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 and two E's. And, M-dash, and, cried Chuck. It's quite plain now. I can read it. Well, go on, shouted Reddy. Let's hear it. Chuck began. If your head will rule your heart, from a scent you'll never part. So tell your heart to rule your head, and all will mourn when you're dead. Uh, that means if you're stingy, no one, uh, no one will carry you gone. Exclaimed Lynn. Lynn, old Lynn, forty-seven-year-old Lynn at a child's party, at which Chuck laughed with the others, but not Lynn. "'Herbie now held over the light, "'and his letters appeared, and he read, uh, "'Don't always be in too great a haste. "'It often means a dreadful waste. awaits your turn, and take with ease uh, "'the peace you want with fingers greased.' "'That's a crap rhyme. Uh, "'That's you and the molasses candy. he <laughs> yeah, laughed Reddy, adding, uh, "'Here's mine. Uh, "'Your hair may be a brilliant hue, uh, "'but this should never bother you, "'for when the winter's winds blow most, "'your, your head will be as, as warm as toast.' That's great, cried Reddy. All the boys laughed. I would love to write one of these, where it's like you do these really cute ones for all the kids, but then you give one kid, it all says, like, you're going to be bald someday. <laughs> like, all the rest are fun, except one kid's just, like, going to be bald and divorced. <laughs> Fat now held his slip over the flame. Oh, this is going to be insulting. And the words appeared, they read slowly. If you should eat a pound of lemons every other day, you'd grow as lean as any pole. So I've heard folks say, but if upon the other hand, you keep on eating pie. Oh, this is insulting. You'll grow so big and round and tall, you'll almost reach the sky. Yeah, you better be careful, fat, and buy a barrel of lemons. Yeah, suggested Toad. I'll order a wagon load, Grinned fat. Hopi, not, so she just gave this kid an eating disorder. Because she said if you don't follow the instructions, uh, you're, just cursed and dead or something. Hope he now held his paper near the candle and in a moment read, you're going to be bald, bald and divorced. And your kids won't respect you. Actually, no. It says, if you're the lad to find the coin that's hidden in the flower, you, the highest, will enjoy of health and wealth and power. Toad's turn now came upon. His paper was read "'You're very fond of teasing all the girls "'and pulling off all the ribbons from the curls, "'but by my words, these tricks will surely rue, "'for when you're grown, a few, they'll play on you.'" Yeah. Yeah. "'That's a good one for you to remember, Toad,' laughed the others, "'and Lynn, old Lynn, old Lynn now read.'" Old Lynn, Lynn, who showed up because he drove himself to the party. (laughs) Your mouth may be large, as I've oft heard you say, but your words show a brain that is working. Uh, You'll go to the top of the ladder because you do that and you do it without shirking. The old witch must have liked you, said Lynn. Yeah, because she's probably the same age as the witch and uh, she probably sees him at the school they work at. Uh, That's the best yet. Chapter six. Blowing out the candles. Now let's try to blow out the candles next, uh, suggested Toad, to which the others agreed. Uh, better win this. Yeah, it's like the lamest game so far. Boast fat. I've got a lot of wind. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Just so insulting. Ready ought to win, laughed Chuck. He's always blowing out what he can do. A tray with ten candles was now placed upon the table by Toad, and the boys got in line while Father Brown lighted the candle. Uh, then, with the paper and pencil, he stood near at hand to keep the score. Uh, only one puff each, uh, remember, so make it a big one, he laughed. Fat and Herbie from the places the line began at once puffing and blowing. Hey, what are you trying to do? Called Lynn Smith. Start a cyclone? Ha, ha, ha. No, we're only practicing. Uh, was the laughing reply. And I'll puff, and I'll puff till I blow your house in, uh, sang Herbie, adding, here's where I win. Just, if I was at this party, I would be so bored. Hopi Smith, first in line, filled out his chest with all the air it could hold. He stepped forward, puff! exclamation point. How many? shouted the others. Five, counted Father Brown. That's a good beginning. Ready, then gave fat a poke with his elbow. Move up, he urged. Toad came next, turned round three times for luck, and then took a long breath, puff exclamation point, uh, one, two, three, four, called the father, what uh, cried toad' in surprise, uh, only four, why Oh, I was sure they 'd all go out. Uh, Lynn came next with his big old man lungs, his keys jangling in his pocket from the car. he drove there, standing upon his toes and holding his hands together high above his head. He turned slowly around, and then leaning down, he gave a great blow, six counted father brown that 's the best yet. Watch me, cried Chuck, who stood next And placing his hands upon his hips. he hands on his hips started dancing uh, about before the table. That's why no one likes Chuck. Aha, look at the funny dancer, shouted (laughs) Opie. If I was at this party, I would just get up and leave. Plus, I'd be the oldest one there, next to Lynn. Chuck gave a puff and blew out six candles, which tied Lynn's score. Fat, he was now next in line. He leaned far over. Placing his hands on the floor, what? He lifted his right foot and shook it three times. Oh, my God. Then standing up, he puffed out his cheeks for a mighty blow. Look out, you will bust, warned Herbie. Puff, exclamation point. But Jimmy, he did it, cried Toad. Good boy, fat. As every candle went out, ready, may tie him, suggested Father. Let's see. Ready, turn three somersaults for luck. Ugh, yeah, I wouldn't be in this house anymore. I'd be outside warming up my car, smoking a cigarette. Wondering how the hell I ended up on a Friday night at this goddamn house with these kids. And standing before the candles blew out with all his strength, these seven went out. Fat gets surprised, and that's just what he likes most, cried Toad. Oh, but I'm glad I came, sighed Fat, as he opened the big box of candy that Toad handed him. It's, uh, alright, so now I'll be good children, he added, and I'll give you each a piece. Chapter 7, The Surge "'For the silver coin!' "'Should we try to find the, the dime and the flower now?' "'asked Toad of Father Brown, "'after the boys had all tried some of Fats' candy "'and found very much to was like "'Ah, fine,' agreed Father, "'and I'll go get the pan.' And when he returned a few moments later, he carried a large tin dishpan in his hands with an inch of flour at the bottom of it. And as Toad uh, thought uh, the floor to the best place to do his trick, the pan was placed there. How do you do it? Asked Reddy, standing with his back to the fire. That's ah, very easy, cried Chuck with the grin. Uh, as Ted said, piece the bottom of that pan and you've got to pick it up with your lips. With your lips, without your hands to help. Well, I'd, I'd left my hands at home tonight if I knew uh, they were going to be so little use. Cried Herbie. Oh, you, oh, you'll need them later on. <laughs> oh God! Replied Chuck. See if you don't. <laughs> three in a time! Called out Father. In a three, uh, in three minutes. Uh, try to see who can find the dime. Hopi, you, Toad and Fat try first. Yeah, this is getting weird. The boys screamed with laughter as the queer-looking things bumped about the table and uh, went down all three boys on their knees before the pan of flour and the down of the flour with the three faces such puffing and blowing that the flour rose like a, like a white cloud uh, and settled on the heads of the three who were pushing each other about their efforts to find the money. Yes, yeah, it's is getting real weird. Uh, they, they looked like a lot of hungry pigs, laughed Reddy. Ugh. What's next? Like a like a mud-wrestling competition. It's just like, I don't like what the dad's taking this. You're not sick, are you, Toad? Asked Herbie. Your face looks so pale. (laughs) Which everyone laughed. And suddenly, Hopi Smith jumped up at the flower falling from his face and the dime held fast between his lips. Hurrah! Three cheers for Hopi! shouted all the boys. And the pan was now carried out for a supply of fresh flour and a new dime. And the three boys were brushed off soon and watching the others trying to fire the dime. Say, ready, Uh, you're an old man, cried Toad. Your hair's turning gray. (laughs) Ha ha! Uh, look out there, Lynn, warned fat. You'll turn to a pancake if you eat all that flour. Oh, I'm sure Fat's just like, shut up. Just shut the hell up. <laughs> and as Lynn laughed, causing a great cloud of flour, his fake laugh, uh, to rise from the pan. Chuck's digging for S-I-L-M-Dash-M-Dash. I get it, silver. But before I hope he can finish, Reddy stood up, and a dancing blue eyes, shining like two stars between his lips. Between his lips, he held a dime. Oh, good for you, Red Shouted Toad. I knew you'd win it. Chapter 8, The Wonderful Pie. Mother Brown now disappeared in the doorway. "Uh, "'Would you come into the dining room?' she requested, and the boys lost no time in accepting the invitation. "Uh, "'That means something to eat,' whispered Herbie. "'Wonder what it'll be.' Uh, As the boys entered the dining room, they stared in with surprise, for there, hanging over the table, was the huge, grinning face of a jack-o'-lantern. "'Well,' exclaimed Fat, "'what a sweet face!' which brought a round of laughter from the others. Really, is that a great joke? In the center of the table was a large paper pie. Seven ribbons came from under the crust, each of them having a card on the end, a plate of paper snap crackers of bright colors and a fancy yellow paper napkin, and each piece gave the, uh, the table a gay look. What a funny pie, laughed Hopi. What's inside? Each one find the card with his name on it, and then we'll all pull together, directed Chuck, and, uh, and find out. Well, here's yours, fat. "'Called out Lynn. "Uh, "'You're over here by me, ready,' announced Toad. "Uh, "'The fun's going to begin in a minute,' cried Herbie. "'Come on, Hopi, here's yours.' "'Everyone ready now?' cried Toad, "'as each one held on to his own ribbon. Uh, "'Now one, two, three, pull!' "'And a tearing of paper uh, came up the contents of the pie. "'Huge, wiggly spiders. "'Toads that hopped out about the table.' Mice that look real enough to frighten any girl, ooh, and long strip paper snakes and giant grasshoppers were on the ends of those ribbons. Oh, the boys screamed with laughter as the queer-looking things hopped, rolled and bumped about the table. Oh, look at what I got! shrieked Hopi, holding an, an ugly-looking spider up to view. Uh, if that was real, I'll bet you you would be within ten feet of it, said Fat. Now I'm going to scare our girl into fits with this mouse. What is with that? Her, laughed Herbie. Uh, she'll take up one look at it, and then she'll, she'll hop up in a chair, and she won't be all mad when she finds out it isn't real. <laughs> Say, fellows, watch this frog jump, cried Fat, winding up a green and yellow one made of tin. Bet mine could beat it, boasted Reddy. Well, let's race them. Thought yours could hop further than my little Haney. Haney? Heinie? H-E-I-N-I-E? Uh... Is that like a nickname that I'm missing out on? Or is it informal? A person's buttocks. 1960s alteration of hinder. Variant of hind. Okay. I don't know if they meant hiney than my little... Okay, whatever. Didn't you? Tease... They, they actually had like a little butt thing in there. This did get weirdly sexual, and I'm really uncomfortable with this story. Uh, Tease Fat a minute later after his frog had won. Well, you wait until I get mine oiled up. Yeah, this is so weird. And we'll try it again. When the boys pulled the snappers, the gay paper hats caused great merriment. Fat, having a baby cap with long strings, uh, which tied under his chin. Ah, here comes the ice cream, exclaimed Herbie. Look at the funny figures it's in, he added. as a large platter, holding many odd little shapes. He was placed before Toad. Youngest first, announced Toad. (laughs) Well, we know who's going to be dead last. "Uh, What do you choose, Hoppy? I'll take, oh, let's see, I guess I'll have a pumpkin, he finally decided. Hoppy uh, and a yellow ice cream pumpkin was placed before him. You're next ready, said Chuck. am not ready. "'Herbie's younger than I am,' protested Reddy. Well, "'I'll take the rabbit,' laughed Herbie. "'I like chocolate and vanilla best. "'And Reddy now chose a pink and white windmill. "'Boring. "'Chuck-a-pony.'" Uh, don't I wish it was real? Boring. You're all boring. Well, the turtle looks like it might taste pretty good, said Fat. And then it was Lynn's turn. Because, yeah, he's the oldest. He drove here. It doesn't seem fair for you to be last, Toad. When you ought to have come after ready, marked Lin. Oh, well, it's my party, so I have to be last, was the answer. Well, agreed Lynn. If that's so, I'll have the ship. Oh, good, cried Toad. That leaves our engine for me, and I want it more than anything else. This turtle makes better ice cream than uh, wood soup. Grim fat, it's took another spoonful. Well, I'll be eating my ears first, chirped Herbie. Chirped. Well, I'm eating the smoke from my engine first, Toad chimed in. Here's the cake, and you'll have to cut it, Toad, Lynn informed him, for it's bad luck to let anyone else cut a birthday cake for you. Well, that explains my life. I've never cut my own birthday cake. "'So that explains how things turned out for old Glenn. "'Well, it was covered with white icing and ablaze with candles. "'Now watch the candles go out,' and Toad gave a great puff. "'All over,' he declared, laughing, "'and now I'll cut the cake. "'There is a piece of silver in it, Thomas,' said his mother, "'and the one who gets it will be the lucky one in life, "'and a thimble for the one who is going to be a bachelor.' That's sad. All the boys urged Toad to hurry. When the cake had been cut and passed around, each boy looked his piece over carefully. Uh, Hurrah! I've got the money, shouted Hopi. Uh-oh. Lynn's going to get the thimble. Holding up a bright dime so that all could see it. I've got the thimble, wailed Chuck. Aw. And now I have to sew on all my own buttons. Hopi's lucky, all right. He won the money and the flower, too, and observed Herbie. It was now growing late, so the boys, much against their will, found their hats and bade good night to their father and mother brown. Ah, we've had a fine time, Toad, said Fat. "'I ah, hope you have another birthday next year. Now I'm very sorry I have to do it, announced Lynn, gasping Toad by the turning of over his knee. But you must have nine spanks and one for good luck. Yeah, the old guy that came to the child's party is going to spank the birthday boy. Why didn't we uh, think of it before, agreed the others, helping to hold Toad until each one had his turn. Oh, well, now it may be a good year now, laughed Toad. Yeah, after he managed to get away. Uh, wait till it's your turn, Lynn. want to give you some good ones. Good night. Responded to the lady. We've had a dandy time. <laughs> you bet we have, echoed all the others. Goodbye, goodbye, called Chuck and Toad, standing in the doorway as the boys disappeared into the darkness. The end. Uh, well, with that, we should probably retire to the smoking room and uh, try to dissect whatever the hell just happened. Let's get settled in. Uh, yeah, go ahead, light your pipe. Uh, uh, so, uh, recapping what happened in the story—not really a story, so much as just a series of small events, each as easily forgettable as the last. Uh, basically, Toad and his best friend Fat decide they're gonna have a birthday party, and, uh, and they invite a bunch of weirdos over that nobody cares about, including Lynn. Lynn, forty-eight-year-old Lynn, who's for some reason invited, and uh, and they all they, they don't bother. So it's like Halloween's brand spanking new. They don't really have rules for what you do at a Halloween party. Just apparently, it's like putting your kids through a barrage of feats, feats of strength and dexterity. And uh, and so they they make the kids do all these things. And they and it kind of got darker and darker as time went on. Uh, the, the whole go on, get on your knees, try to bite these apples. It just got weird. I didn't like it. And then in the end, Lynn grabs the kid, the birthday kid, and spanks him. That was his idea. All the kids wanted to go home, but Lynn. Oh, I got to get one last. It's just creepy. The whole thing was creepy, and I didn't like it. I realize uh, there's some. Uh, elderly woman probably wrote this because it was supposed to be adorable and cute and I'm sure everyone that read it was adorable and cute but in these modern times knowing what we know about what's appropriate in public especially with children uh, creepy as hell uh, what's good about it got to see what Halloween was like for people that that sucked uh, what sucks uh, the undertones that I didn't appreciate at all <laughs> what did we learn <laughs> Parents shouldn't be so involved in, like, uh, kids' events, I guess. I mean, like, maybe the wrong kind of parents shouldn't be involved. That whole thing was weird and I didn't like it. Uh, The only cute thing was the witch that tried to use the uh, invisible ink, uh, that was kind of cute. Um, but, of course, she picked on a guy whose nickname is literally fat. Not fatty, not porky, nothing like that. Nothing creative. Uh, I mean, as if it's creative. Just literally fat. You're fat. So she her, her thing to him was, don't eat so much. You're going to keep getting fat. <laughs> Can you imagine as a kid, some adult did that as a thing for you? And like... Adults. Adults that are supposed to be better than me and supposed to be more emotionally mature than I am literally told me I'm just going to be fat forever. (laughs) God, that's so horrible. Well, with that, uh, that wasn't very fun. Uh, uh, But, you know, it's Halloween, and Halloween's not always fun. We always have to learn little lessons, don't we? So with that, uh, thanks for listening, and I will see you next week. There's only one left.